Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 19, and we are recording on Wednesday, February 14th. I'm Katie McLean, along with Rincey Abraham, and we're coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Katie. Hello, Rincey. How are you doing on this Valentine's Day? I'm all right. I'm not really a big Valentine's Day person, so I basically just treat it like another day, except my coworker brought in some candy, so that was nice. <laughs> Yeah, we I've never I've never been into Valentine's Day either. I I wasn't when I was single. I was not into Valentine's Day when I was dating someone. Like the most I think Blaine and I have ever done for Valentine's Day is like we ordered Chinese food one year and then did a double creature feature where we watched The Thing and The Mist back to back. Oh, that sounds so romantic. <laughs> It was great for us. We had a grand old time. Um, but yeah, we don't we don't do the the chocolates or flowers or anything like that. It's yeah, it's Chinese food and horror movies for us. I would actually be okay with Valentine's Day. I think a little bit more if that was the majority of what it was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we. Uh, but yeah, we had we had some candy at, at work too, and they had a had a carnation sale, and one of my coworkers bought me a flower. So I'm like, oh, that's so sweet. I know. I was telling my coworker today um, that basically I use holidays like this to be able to buy discount candy the next day. I feel like I've talked about this on the podcast before, but basically like every major candy holiday the next day, go to like your local whatever Walgreens or whatever you have, they, the candy's always on sale. And so I just use it to stock up on discount candy. Oh, I... I, I am trying so hard to hold to my to my New Year's resolution to not eat so much candy. <laughs> I have such a bad sweet tooth that I'm just like, you know what? I'm just I'm not even I'm not even gonna buy the one bag because that bag's gonna last like two days. <laughs> yeah, I've solved this problem slightly by just like bringing it always to work. So then I have a little bit of it, but then everyone else also eats it, so I don't eat the entire thing myself. Uh, yeah, see, that would be awesome, except my coworkers all have the same idea. And so they bring candy to work mm. and I'm going, and then I'm the one who ends up eating all of it. Yeah. So, <sighs> all right. Well, um, before, um, and before we meant we get into the podcast, I know you and I wanted to mention briefly that even though, uh, what you are listening to this on either February 16th or later, um, we definitely wanted to mention the news coming out of Florida with the with the school shooting at the high school. Um, I have tried not to stay too uh, I've tried not to read too much too many of the news reports because at this point no one knows a ton of stuff but I know last report I saw that there were um, 17 uh, 17 dead at the high school and I <sighs> I mean, thoughts and prayers are pretty useless at this point, but it's it's horrifying. And if you, um, especially if you are from uh, Florida, if you're from that area, I yeah, I can't I can't imagine what what you guys are what you guys are having to live through. And I am so frustrated that this that this keeps happening and happening. Um, and I don't know that I have anything else <laughs> particularly noteworthy to say but i definitely wanted to wanted to mention that and that we are uh we're with all you guys <laughs> yeah i think that basically sums it up for me too i mean it's just so upsetting that this happens on such a regular basis and even if you just look at the numbers of like school shootings in general that have happened already in 2018 it's kind of horrific um so yeah if you are affected by this whether you like personally are affected by it or just even like hearing about this stuff um, impacts you in any way. Hopefully, you know, even if like the podcasts or the books or anything like that can be some sort of relief um, and some sort of bright spot to make things better, you know, that would also just be something that we would hope for you guys. And, you know, who knows what's going to happen after this point, but, you know, we can always just try our best to, you know, vote for elected officials who might actually do something about it maybe so if you are in that position to do that maybe you know 2018 you have a midterm election coming up uh look at your ballot see how your representatives are reacting in more than just words um and potentially use your vote to make a difference yeah um, okay, so with with that being said, we will jump into the 
into the main podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. Um, as we mentioned at the top of the show, we talk we talk about mysteries and thrillers and movies and true crime and anything and everything in between. Um, so there's it's kind of a mixed bag what 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 you'll get on the show. But uh, we we try to we try to find new things and and uh, and we try to keep it interesting. And of course, we are always looking for suggestions from uh, from listeners of topics that they might be interested in that they haven't heard us talk about or news items or adaptations or things that they think are really interesting. We love your we love your input and we love your feedback. So if you have any suggestions for us, um, we'll have uh, different ways to contact us at the end of the show. But we're all, we're always interested in hearing what what other uh, what other listeners are interested in. Um, and then with that, well, we've got a few news items that we want to that we want to mention um, briefly. The um, the 2018 Audi Award finalists, or at least most of the finalists, have been. Um, have been listed. We'll have a link in the show notes to to the different um, news items that we mentioned, so that you can take a look at them for yourselves. Um, so, like I said, like audiobook of the year finalist titles are still being listed. Um, but briefly, we briefly looked at the mystery and the thriller suspense categories, which are two separate categories for the Audis, and. Um, just just from a quick glance at them, I personally am feeling pretty underwhelmed by these suggestions. Um, I mean, there's a couple of books that I've um, I haven't listened to any of the books listed on here. Um, but there's one there's one or two that I that I've gotten the chance to read, but it just it's a lot of best selling authors, a lot of the types of books that you would that you would that are kind of on the bestseller list that you would kind of expect to be on here. They feel very vanilla, um, just nothing too exciting. Uh, very white. <laughs> Lots of. I mean, we've we we've talked about you know some really amazing mysteries on this show um, written by authors of color. And while I know not every book gets uh, gets recorded as audiobooks, there's really no not mu- not much excuse for having this many you know this many white people on a sing on a single list um but if you're interested we like i said we will have the we will have the the link in the show notes so you can take a look at the at the list for yourselves um see if you know if you feel the same way if you feel any different um but those are available and then the winners I want to say, without looking it up, I want to say the Audi Awards are awarded like in May, late May, early June, maybe. I could be totally off on that, so I do apologize for not doing my research beforehand. Um, but at any rate, will um, the final? A lot of the finalists are listed, so you have a chance to uh, li- hopefully listen to a few of these before the win- the actual winners are announced. Yeah. I- to have nothing more to add to that other than I haven't listened to any of them, so I feel like I can't really give my two cents. But some of them are a bit of a huh sort of situation where you're just like, all right, I guess. I mean, I'm like the type of person where I'm like, unless I've listened to it and I know it's a poor production, I can't. I, I don't want to like say like, no, this shouldn't have been nominated. But it's like you were saying, it doesn't really inspire a whole lot of like it doesn't make me want to pick up any of these audiobooks. Basically, is what it comes down to. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, the next news item that we had, we just wanted to mention really quickly. Um, I think we mentioned in a previous episode that BBC One um, was planning on adapting the Dublin Murder Squad series by Tana French, which listeners of this podcast know that we adore and we regularly get messages from people who are saying that they're picking up Tana French for the first time and absolutely loving her. Um, We did an entire episode on Tana French. That's how much we love her. Um, So there have been some updates to this. BBC One basically gave the green light. So it's going to be an eight-part crime drama uh, based on the series. I believe that they are going to uh, pull from In the Woods and the Likeness for this first set of episodes, which is really interesting because it, yeah, it'll just be interesting to see like how they break it up. And especially since these first two ones are a little bit connected, not like sequels obviously if you've read these you know already um but yeah it'll be interesting to see how these end up getting adapted um it's said that this is being written by uh sarah phelps 
or being, yeah, being adapted by Sarah Phelps. And I believe that she did um, a series of Agatha Christie books, or sorry, adapted um, Agatha Christie stories for the BBC One previously. And I believe that those were really well received. So I kind of have high hopes for this one. Um, it says filming will start next year. Does that mean 2019? Possibly. No, this was written in 2017. This is a while ago that I'm the story I'm reading. Um, so filming will probably start this year. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited for this adaptation because I feel like the BBC always does pretty good adaptations. Yeah. And yeah, it says filming will start next year in Belfast and Dublin. I'm like, hmm, how can I get over there <laughs> and lurk around on the recording on the on the on the recording set, but uh, we'll uh, we'll we'll see if that works out. <laughs> More to come on those plans. I was like, maybe we can do a special episode from Dublin, <laughs> live from Dublin. We are stalking the ton of French TV series. Oh man, that would be a really great episode. That really would. Um, uh, speaking of crazed stalker fans. Ho ho, did you like that segue? That's um, really good. <laughs> yes. Stephen King is autographing a limited edition, uh, limited edition reissue of Misery. Hey. Um, so EW reported this recently um, that uh, Suntup Editions is going to produce three different editions of Misery, which was originally published in 1987. Uh, Misery is pretty well, is, I mean, not probably not Stephen King's most famous novel, but it's it's up there. And if you're not familiar with it, uh, basically an author is in a car wreck. He's driving through the mountains in a snowstorm. He's in a car wreck, and he happens to be rec- uh, rescued by this woman who describes herself as his number one fan. And she And he soon realizes that she is... Oh, I don't know of a nice way to put this, but she is she is insane basically. And she holds him captive and basically forces him to rewrite the ending to his last uh his last novel where he kills off the the main character of his romance series. So she makes him rewrite that and write a brand new book while holding him hostage in a variety of horrible ways because it is Stephen King. Um, and so I, I was really excited to see this. I'm like, Oh cool. They're reissuing this. Stephen King's going to be autographing these. And then I saw the price of them. So if you happen to have 4,000, Oh no, wait a minute. I apologize. The $4,000 one was the most expensive edition. I'm scrolling through the article right now. So one, uh, they, these are going to be very limited editions. The one of the editions will be one hundred and ten dollars. The other one will be five hundred and twenty-five, um, and then the most expensive one will be four thousand dollars. So, if you have money to, if you have money to burn on a an autographed Stephen King book, this might be up your alley. But we'll have a link to the article, and that will also have a link to the. Um, to the publisher that's putting out the edition. So if you want to get a pre-order in um, before they're all gone, uh, you can do that. Um, so that that should be interesting. Tempting, actually, now that I know that the that the price for the the it's not four thousand dollars for all of the editions, <laughs> but I mean, still a lot of money. Yeah, I was gonna say I was like, yeah, I don't know if I could justify spending that much on a single. I mean, I understand why people would do it, but I'm just like, oh man, that's a lot of money. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say, I'm not going to lie, I have spent that much money on Stephen King special editions, but none of them have been autographed. So, there you go. Um, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to ponder. I'll have to think about this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, before we jump into the rest of the episode, I have our first sponsor, and it is called It Should Have Been You by Lynn Slaughter, and this is from Page Street Publishing. Living in her sister's shadow has never been more dangerous. Five months ago, Clara Siebert's twin sister was murdered. Struggling under the weight of newfound and unwanted attention, the only thing that makes Clara feel normal is ghostwriting an advice column for her school newspaper until she starts receiving threatening emails in her staff inbox. Quote, it should have been you, but soon. Uh, so this is a psychological young adult thriller. Um, it's for readers who like 
books sort of like Pretty Little Liars and the thrill of unraveling a mystery like One of Us is Lying, um, then you will definitely enjoy this book if you enjoyed those. Um, this has gotten a lot of really great praise from a bunch of different authors um, talking about how this is a great teen YA suspense book. Um, it's also been getting good reviews from publications like Kirkus and Booklist and uh Publishers Weekly. So if you are a fan of young adult mysteries, thrillers, suspense books, then this is another one you should pick up. And it's called It Should Have Been You by Lynn Slaughter. All right. Um, so since uh, since we realized we were going to be recording this episode on Valentine's Day, we decided that we would talk a little bit about romantic mysteries, um, which I don't know... I don't know about you, but I I do not read romances very often, um, and I've through different school assignments I've had to read a couple of like romantic suspense novels that have been fine, I guess. <laughs> um, like that, I can't, I can't, I, like I didn't listen to them and go, God, these are bad. I mean, they they weren't to my taste, but they were, you know, they're fine. Um, but. Uh, but yeah, so this is an area that I that I'm not as familiar with. Um, I don't know. Do you do you read more romantic suspense mystery novels than I do? Or? No, none at all. Okay. Um, okay. So when you suggested this in my head, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have such a hard time with this one because I don't typically I don't read romances. Um, in general. And a lot of times when there is romance in books, like 80% of the time, I'm usually irritated with it. <laughs> so I like went into this thinking I wasn't going to enjoy it. But I will say, I had a relatively positive experience with the book that I read, which I will mention in a minute. Uh, but one of the things that really helped me is I actually found a Book Riot article because I was Googling books to read because I was just like, I literally had no idea where to start. Um, and there is a Book Riot post that I will be sure to link to in the show notes um, that someone wrote where they basically broke it up into like different types of categories. So they're like, if you like romance books and you want a romance book with mystery then read here are some suggestions if you like um mystery books but and you want a little bit of romance and a pick up one of these books which is the category i went for um and then they had like historical fiction romance and as well as like contemporary ones and like they gave you a bunch of different categories so i feel like if you want to give romantic mysteries a try but like the two of us, you are slightly hesitant or just unaware where to start, then this is a really great post, I think. And I think um, it just gives you a lot of options and also explains really well, like what the stories are like. So you can kind of go into it uh, with a book that you will likely like. <laughs> yeah, I actually did not even know that article existed until you just mentioned it. So now I want to go back through and go, oh, maybe I can learn a little bit, learn a little bit more. Now, I will say that I feel like I was primed a little bit more um, to to enjoy this book um, because I'm well, I'm a member of a group of readers advisory librarians in the Chicago area. And um, we every two months we have meetings for an ongoing genre study and the genre studies go for two years and we just started a brand new genre study um, actually just a couple weeks ago on romance and I'm participating in this because you know I don't usually read romances I mean I've read a couple that I liked and I find that I, f I find myself appreciating the idea of romances more, but they're just not my thing. Um, but I happened to read a, I mean, it wasn't a mystery, but I happened to, I, I read a romance that I actually, like, I solidly enjoyed. It was, um, it was a Sarah McLean novel, um, A Scott in the Dark, which, like I said, it has no, myst no mystery to it. But I was so surprised by how much I, by how much I enjoyed this that I was kind of, you know, I was I, I was I wasn't feeling maybe quite as hesitant about picking up another romance so quickly after it that I was just kind of like, oh, maybe I'll like this one too. Um, so I haven't I have not finished my book yet um, because I have been like many people distracted by the Olympics and all that figure skating. Um, but the book that I ended up picking um, for this was The Girl Who Knew Too Much by Amanda Quick. And the main reason why I picked this is because it's set in, I think it's the 
1930s. Yeah, 1930s California, like Hollywood um, celebrities and. I thought that that was that was a really interesting. That's a really interesting time period, um, and with the, you know like the glitz and glamour of celebrity life, plus you know the seedy side of of murder. Um, I thought that would be a really interesting mix, and uh, so far the book has been uh, much heavier on the mystery than it has been on the romance. I mean, I you know who the two characters are that are going to basically end up together, um, but they. There's the the spark of attraction feels more feel it doesn't feel as forced as it I, it sometimes does for me in romance novels like they're there um well the main the plot of the book is the main character's name is Irene well that's not her real name uh but she goes by Irene uh she is running from a from a very dark secret in her past where her employer ended up murdered and she's on the run so she assumes an, a new identity uh, crosses the country to Los Angeles and um, basically reinvents herself she becomes a reporter for this kind of small uh, celebrity gossip newspaper and at the beginning of the book she is contacted by a woman who is, has connections to a an up-and-coming uh, actor who is kind of establishing his himself within the within the celebrity world and when Irene uh, goes to this exclusive um, resort basically to meet with this woman she finds the woman dead at the bottom of the pool and then and Irene quickly realizes that there is uh, that there's someone else in the in the uh, pool area and so she has trying to escape them and quickly finds herself wrapped up in a murder mystery trying to figure out what happened? Does it have any connections to the um, to the actor that the that the woman had um, had had an affair with? Um, so there. So th- so far the, in the story, the emphasis has been on the mystery part of it, trying to figure figure stuff out, and then the spark between Irene and the owner of the resort, whose name is Oliver, and he used to be a world famous magician. Um, the sparks between them so far are pretty subtle, which is nice because I find, like you said, Rincey, typically when I when I read a book, if there's a romance in there, if it's done well, I, I can appreciate it, but a lot of times it feels just a little too heavy handed for me, um, or just a little too. It just it doesn't it doesn't feel realistic, um, and so I was so far at least the. That it's not like you know they have this mystery, but then all of a sudden you know they meet and their eyes lock, and she feels the you know she feels the spark of attraction, but then oh no, I can't, I you know I can't I can't be with him, and but then oh but I'm so attracted to him like it's not distracting from the action from the mystery at hand, which I'm appreciating. Um, like I said, I haven't finished it. Maybe that changes throughout the book, but so far um, I like the way it's being it's being set up. Um, and the and the time, like I said, the time period and the setting is really like part glitzy, part seedy, L.A. Hollywood. Yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, so if this one sounds like it's up your alley, the, again, that book was "The Girl Who Knew Too Much" by Amanda Quick. All right. So the one I read is called "A Fatal Affair" by Marie Force, um, and this is one. I like I said I was going through the book right post and I was mostly just looking for ones that my library had available as an ebook and this was one I downloaded like three but this is the one I ended up going with um, I wanted one that was a contemporary story so something set in relatively modern day I mean this one seemed to have a relatively interesting premise to it uh, so you are following this detective named uh, Sam Holland. She works for the Washington, D.C. Metro Police. And something happened in like her last case. And she she ended up taking some time off um, as everything settled down. And so this is her first big case back. It turns out that a senator is found murdered um, in his apartment. And she is assigned to this case to figure out who exactly murdered him. Um, The romance aspect comes in where because the chief of staff for the senator is a guy that she had like a one night stand with six years ago. And it turns out like they really hit it off that night. And so she thought that after that night, he just like blew her off and didn't bother calling. Um, But it turns out that he did call her, but 
he left a message with her friend at the time, Peter. This guy, Peter, ends up actually becoming like her husband and then eventually her ex-husband. So basically, like he intercepted the call and like never passed along the message because he had feelings for her. Um, So they end up meeting up on this case. They both obviously know each other and they reconcile this pretty early on and so the entire story you are trying to solve the mystery of who killed the senator but then there's also this um tension between these two characters for a significant portion of time because uh nick who is the main guy uh the chief of staff he wants to basically start things up back or start things back up again um and sam is like no we can't because you are a potential uh person in this homicide investigation so like you can't we can't do this i she just got off like a controversial case and things like that and she doesn't want to have to deal with this um so this book kind of took me by surprise like i i'm going to 100 admit that it's really cheesy um and it's a little bit of insta love because how adamant nick is that like they are in love with each other based on something that happened six years ago is very strong and very surprising for someone like me where I'm just like, "Mm, I don't know, you literally spent one night together. That's about it. Um, But something about this story, it was written really well. The mystery itself is really engaging. And honestly, like, it's such a great uh, mystery to read. I think just for that alone, you could probably like skip all of the romance stuff because it's pretty obvious when it's happening. Um, and so if you aren't into romances very much, I feel like you could easily just read the mystery parts of this and, you know, be fine. Um, and so, yeah, but there's something about the way this book is written where these two characters really do have a significant amount of chemistry. And I'm always very amazed when writers are able to accurately portray chemistry through a book because I feel like chemistry is very much a physical thing a lot of times in stories like this and so being able to portray that just through words always surprises me a lot so yeah I ended up getting this uh right before we got hit by a blizzard here in Chicago and so I was home for the vast majority of that weekend so I basically just devoured this book and so I think it was partially just like good timing with this book because on snow days you kind of just want something fun and light and fluffy to read um but yeah I was actually really surprised and I was going through the Goodreads uh reviews that other people left and apparently JD Robb is a fan of Marie Force and like recommends her a lot which is how a lot of people found her um the cover looks absolutely ridiculous it's like this poor photoshop of like the congressional building and the bottom and then like a man and a woman embracing or slightly on the top. It's really uh, dumb. It's a really dumb cover. <laughs> but I think that's part of the reason why I picked it up is just because uh, dumb covers like that just make me laugh. So, yeah, I was just, like pleasantly surprised that I didn't hate this. I honestly thought I was going to find only books that I hated. I literally checked out like three or four different ones, but I had actually really enjoyed reading this one. It was kind of fun. Okay, well, I'm I'm glad that you didn't hate it because I was the one who suggested this as a theme. So, (laughs) I mean, the thing is, is like with themes like this, especially like having no experience with it, I'm I you just never know like how it's going to go. And so I feel like there's always like with these little subgenres, like you'll you I think it's pretty easy to find something that you like. It's just about being able to you know, figure out which ones are going to be the one for you. Yeah. And um, one of the, just real quickly, one of the other um, novels that I had to read for, uh, actually, I think I had to read it for a past genre study. When we were, when we were covering mysteries, we had a romantic suspense um, meeting where we had to read a romantic suspense novel. And I picked a Nora Roberts book. Um, And obviously Nora Roberts is like, you know, she's, huge best you know huge author i don't i doubt i'm you know introducing anyone you know anyone who's listening to this podcast probably knows exactly who nora roberts is but i was really surprised um the i i read i li- actually i listened to the the book the collector which um has you know it has romance in it you know a lot of romance um but it's contemporary and there's a lot it uh talks a lot about like art history and and art collectors and stuff like that which i thought was really really interesting um and it surprised me as being a um being a more multifaceted novel than I expected. Um, some of the romance parts, especially because I was listening to it on audio and I couldn't really like fast forward through it easily. So I had to like, you know, 
sit there and listen to it. But um, the, some of the romance, I was I was like, okay, not not my cup of tea, so to speak. Um, but overall, that was a really that was an interesting story to dive into. So that's kind of like my bonus suggestion for this one. Um, you know, if you um, if you haven't delved into romantic suspense, I think sometimes a good way to kind of get your feet wet is to go with a with a big name author who you know does you know does this type of writing very well um so that was uh that was the collector by Nora Roberts if you're if you're at all interested in that that one that one I thought was was pretty decent yeah one I was going to use as sort of my backup if I couldn't find a book that I enjoyed to talk about was to mention Rebecca by Daphne du Maurier which I'd read a couple of months ago at this point and I know I mentioned in a previous podcast um, that one definitely has romance in it and or like it has a romantic aspect to it but it's a really fantastic suspense book um, I believe that like back in the day it used to be like marketed mainly as a romance book like if you look at old covers of it it has a very like old school romance cover to them um and it's only like the more recent ones that have a slightly more like suspense or like secretive sort of vibe to the covers um so that's one that i also highly recommend especially if you're someone who thinks that they don't like romance at all i think that at times i think uh the stories or the characters can be a little bit dramatic but i think overall it's just a really really fantastic book all right, so I'm going to jump into um, our second sponsor, which is The Honorable Traders by John Lutz. Uh, John Lutz is a New York Times bestselling author, and he has launched an exciting—oh my goodness—an exciting new spy thriller series um, with The Honorable Traders, which is the first uh, the first book in the series. The protagonist's name is Thomas Lake, and he's described as a modern day James Bond who teams up with a beautiful code cracker to explore a deadly secret from World War II that could have a devastating impact on today's world. So this um, sounds like it's got, you know, it's got a little bit of everything. It's got some uh, historical aspect. It's got, uh, it's a thriller. It's espionage with, you know, some adventure and James Bond and code. So it's got a little, it sounds like it's got a little bit of everything. Um, like I said, it's the first in a brand new series. Uh, John Lutz is a best-selling author. He's a two-time Edgar and Seamus Award winner. And then this little fun fact, which I, which I did not know, he also um, years ago wrote the novel Single White Female, which was adapted into a film of the same name, which I have seen and I actually really enjoyed. Uh, that is, if you're if you're looking for a suspense novel it's about a, a woman in new york who breaks up with her boyfriend and needs to and uh needs to find a roommate and so she meets this this woman uh who's about her age and she who um she says you know uh, who applies to basically to to be her roommate in in this apartment and the, she thinks oh great you know this is going to be awesome this woman's really nice we can be friends uh, no 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 <laughs> the the roommate is she starts to wear the same clothes as the main character she gets her hair cut the same way basically kind of slowly and insidiously worms her way into the main character's life by looking and acting and basically being her it's really creepy <laughs> And it's a great movie. And I did not know, actually, until this moment that it was previously a book by John Lutz. Um, so hope, maybe that'll that'll uh, get get a few more of you intrigued. But again, the the new book that is sponsoring the show is The Honorable Traders by John Lutz. And we thank you very much for sponsoring our show. Yeah, I definitely did not realize Single White Female was based on a book until I saw the ad spot, too. And I was like, what? I like him slightly a little bit sad that I didn't know that earlier so I could have read the book first but yeah it's a, it's a fantastic movie I highly recommend it too all right so I have our new releases for this episode so first up I'm going to talk about A Dangerous Co Crossing by Asma Zayanak Khan this one is already out it came out on February 13th um, for Inspector Essa Katak and Sergeant Rachel Getty the Syrian refugee crisis is about to become personal Essa's childhood friend Nathan Clare calls him in distress his sister Audrey has vanished from a Greek island where the siblings run an NGO Audrey had been working to fast track refugee to Canada, but now she is implicated in the double murder of a French Interpol agent and a young man who had fled the devastation in Syria. 
Essa and Rachel arrive in Greece to a shocking scene, witnessing for themselves the massive fallout of the Syrian war in the wretched refugee camps. Tracing Audrey's last movements, they meet some of the volunteers and refugees, one of whom, Ali, is involved in a search of his own for a girl whose disappearance may be connected to their investigation. The arrival of Sir Gil... Zai, a former prosecutor who now handles refugee claims for Audrey's NGO, further complicates the matter for Essa as his feelings towards her remain unresolved. Working against time with Interpol on their heels, Essa and Rachel follow a trail that takes them from the beaches of Greece to the Syrian Turkish border and across Europe, reaching even the corridors of power in the Netherlands. Had Audrey been on the edge of a dangerous discovery hidden at the heart of this darkest crisis, one of which would one of which ultimately put a target on her own back. Um, so this is actually the fourth book in this series with Asakatak and Rachel Getty. I have read all of them so far, and I love this series a whole lot. Um, Asma Zana Khan. I know she was a lawyer when she first started writing this book. I'm assuming she still is a lawyer. And she worked a lot with refugees and immigrants in Canada. Um, And so a lot of the mysteries are wrapped around these sort of larger ideas or stories um, that she explores. And so in the first one, she actually talks a lot about the Bosnian War, which I found to be super, super interesting. Um, I believe the third book takes place in Iraq. Um, And so this one is obviously using the Syrian refugee crisis as an angle as well. Um, So if you are looking for a mystery series that has a slightly more international twist, um, I think this is a great one to pick up. And again, that's called A Dangerous Crossing by Asma Zayanat Khan. Um, the next one that I have also came out on February 13th, and that is Pretty Boy Must Die by Kimberly Reed. Uh, this is a young adult book, and a CIA's prodigy's cover is blown when he accidentally becomes an internet sensation in Pretty Boy Must Die. Um, when Peter Smith's classmate snaps a picture of him during a late night run at the track, Peter thinks he might be in trouble. When she posts that photo, along with the caption, See Pretty Boy Run, Peter knows he's in, Peter knows he's in trouble. But when hostiles drop through the ceiling of his sixth period chem class, Peter's pretty sure his trouble just became a national emergency. Because he's not really Peter Smith. He's Jake Morrow, former foster kid turned CIA operative. After a massive screw up on his first mission, he's on a pity assignment, a dozen hit lists and now social media apparently, as hashtag pretty boy of all freaky things. His cover's blown, his school's under siege, and if he had... If he screws up now, hashtag pretty boy will become hashtag dead boy faster than you can say 15 minutes of fame. Trapped in a high school with rabid killers and rabid fans, he'll need all his training and then some to save his job, his school, and oh yeah, his life. Um, so this book is uh, written by Kimberly Reed. She said she was inspired by the Alex from Target story. Um, if you guys remember that sort of meme that blew up a little while ago, uh, this one just sounds like it's be a really fun young adult mystery thriller type of book um and again that's called pretty boy must die okay i'm gonna admit my confusion here uh what was the alex from target meme i missed that one it was literally just like one of those really dumb memes where like this it was like a cute boy who worked at target um and someone took a picture of him and then it like blew up where like everyone was like who is this kid well he's so cute or like all this stuff and he became this like internet sensation literally all he was doing was just like working at the checkout counter at target so there was this whole thing called alex from target like if you google alex from target you'll see it all it's literally like was a photo of him like he was listed on like all of the weird buzzfeed gawker related sites being like who is this guy or i just googled it really quick apparently he ended up on ellen because of this um so all right yeah i missed this one um okay well i i didn't you know i i never i never usually consider myself old but i think i just (laughs) i think i just realized now as soon as i asked it i'm like i'm getting a little a little old not old but older for the for for these types of things yeah, I mean, it was literally one of those things that made no sense. It happened in 2014, it looks like. Um, and so it's been a little while. So it's very possible that you also like saw it and then immediately forgot about it because that's really how you should feel about this <laughs> meme. It's like so dumb. But yeah. <laughs> All right. 
All right. Next book I have on the new releases list is Sunbird by Laura. Sorry, let me say that again. Sunburn by Laura Lipman. This one comes out on February 20th. Um, So in this one, uh, New York Times bestselling author Laura Lipman returns with a superb novel of psychological suspense about a pair of lovers with the best intentions and the worst luck. Two people locked in a passionate yet uncomfortable uncompromising game of cat and mouse but instead of rules this game has dark secrets forbidden desires inevitable betrayals and cold-blooded murder so you follow these two characters who meet at a local tavern in the small town of belleville delaware polly is set on heading west and adam says he's also passing through yet she stays and he stays drawn to this mysterious redhead whose quiet stillness both unnerves and excites him over the course of a punishing summer polly and adam abandon themselves to a steamy inexorable affair still each holds something back from the other dangerous even lethal secrets then someone dies. Was it an accident or part of a plan? By now, Adam and Polly are so ensnared in each other's lives and lies that neither one knows how to get away or even if they want to. Is their love strong enough to withstand the truth or will it ultimately destroy that destroy them? Something or someone has to give. So this uh, apparently is inspired by James M. K.'s masterpieces, The Postman Always Rings Twice, uh, Double Indemnity, as well as Mildred Pierce. Uh, So if you liked any of those, then this might be the book for you. Um, And again, that's called Sunburn by Laura Lipman. All right. And the final book that I have is The Clarity by Keith Thomas. And this one also comes out on February 20th. Um, This one is being described as for fans of Black Mirror and True Detective. It's a visceral high concept thriller about a psychologist who must protect the life of an 11 year old girl whose ability to remember past lives makes them both targets of a merciless killer. So Dr. Matilda Deacon is a psychologist researching how memories are made and stored when she meets a strange 11-year-old girl named Eshenique. Eshenique claims to harbor the memories of the last soldier killed in World War I, and Matilda is at first very interested but skeptical. However, when Ashenique starts talking about being chased by the night doctors, a term also used by an unstable patient who was later found dead, Matilda can't deny that the girl might be telling the truth. Matilda learns that Ashenique and her mother have been on the run their whole lives from a monstrous assassin assassin named Raid. Raid is after a secret contained solely in memories and has left a bloody trail throughout the world in search of it. Matilda soon realizes Ashenique is in unimaginable danger and that her unique ability comes with a deadly price. Fast-paced and suspenseful, the clarity is a chilling blend of science and danger and a compelling take on the possibilities of reincarnation and life after death. Um, So again, that's called The Clarity by Keith Thomas. That one sounds really interesting. Yeah, I thought it was just a really unique sort of twist on the mystery genre. So it'd be interesting to see how that one turns out. Yeah. So if it, yeah, if any of you guys uh, end up reading it before one of us does, let us know. Um, would you like me to pick up with the currently reading to give your voice a break? Yes, please. Okay. Um, so uh, if you remember last episode, um, I started, Rincey was talking about the book 40 Acres by Dwayne Alexander Smith, and I was so intrigued by the book that I started downloading the audiobook on my phone in the middle of recording. So I only, I've got about, I think, two hours left on it. So I'm not, I'm almost finished, not quite there yet. Um, yeah, this, this story was bonkers. Um, and I haven't even gotten to the end yet, but yeah, it is, it is definitely a, wow, (laughs) it, it is not what you would expect when you first start reading it. Um, I'm not going to give much plot away, um, not, uh, basically go with what Rincey said last time that the main character's name is Martin. He's up against, uh, he's a, he's a black lawyer. He's up against this other black lawyer in this big high profile case martin ends up coming out on top and to his surprise the other uh uh the the other lawyer whose uh first name is damon right yes yes okay um damon daryl that's his last name i was like he's got two names that could be switched 
Um, but yeah, so Damon reaches out to Martin and try and starts to get to know him, invites him to this, this huge fancy gathering at his enormous mansion where Martin meets some of Damon's other friends who are all very, uh, wealthy, powerful black men in America. And they kind of take Martin under their wing and kind of take him into their fold. Um, and it's, it's pretty obvious, you know, they 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 tell Martin that they're going to invite him on a, a whitewater rafting trip that they take every year and they you know it's this big thing and they go by themselves and there's no uh there's no con- there's no contact with the outside world. Um and it's pretty obvious when they start talking about it that there's way more going on here than they're letting on. Um but you have to keep reading to find out exactly what that is, and I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to mention that. Um, I know, Rincey, you mentioned that uh, that you know they give away more on the in the book description. So if you pick up a copy of this book, I would recommend not reading the description on the book jacket or anything like that because I've had a lot of fun going into this, not really knowing where the story's supposed to be going. Um, yeah, it's uh, bonkers is the best word I can I can use to describe it. Um, the The writing style didn't doesn't always work for me. It's a it is a very cinematic style of writing. Um, it's very descriptive. Um, a little overly descriptive in some cases. Like um, when he talks about people using the computer, he talks about like you know they moved the cursor over the icon, which was labeled this. I'm like, okay, I we we can skip some of this stuff. Like I can picture what's going on, um, but the story itself is very original. Um, I definitely see the the thing that Rince, that you had said that that really sold me was that this would be a good read alike if you enjoyed the movie Get Out, which I don't know a human being alive that did not like that movie. Um, but yeah, that that one on one hundred percent sold me on Forty Acres. So I'm almost finished with it. Um, but I have listened to enough of it on audio to feel very comfortable. Uh, seconding Rincey's recommendation for this one. This one is really unusual. So again, the book is called 40 Acres, and it's by Dwayne Alexander Smith. Um, and then I, last time I said I was going to be starting Force of Nature by Jane Harper. Haven't gotten around to that. Like I said, I've been distracted by the Olympics. Um, but uh, I did pick up a couple of things from the library recently, one of which was a book that I mentioned uh, a couple episodes ago, I think, um, called A False Report, A True Story of Rape in America by T. Christian Miller and Ken Armstrong. That is, it's a work of nonfiction, and it follows this uh, this young woman who reported a rape, um, but then the police who were investigating it found discrepancies in her story and then went from investigating the rape to investigating her. And eventually she admitted, she, says, she said that she falsify the report. Um, and then this is intertwined with the story of a, of, um, a police officer in, oh goodness, is it Colorado? I can't remember exactly where it is and I don't have the synopsis up in front of me. I think it Um, is Colorado. Okay. Um, but she starts, um, she starts investigating, um, a series of, uh, reported rapes in her area that she realizes are all, were all done by the same person and that begins a, a huge investigation into even more uh instance of even more reports of rape that were not previously connected to the same person so um i know one of a couple of book rioters have re- have read this already and have just been completely blown away by the reporting in the story and how how important and Timely. Well, I, unfortunately, this topics like this are unfortunately always timely. Um, but it's gotten from it's gotten really, really strong rave reviews from fellow book rioters. And I was putting out the new books at work, and I saw that one sitting on the shelf, and no one had grabbed it. So I went yoink, that one's mine. So hopefully, um, I'll be able to get around to starting that one pretty soon. Um, but that is a false report, a true story of rape in America by T. Christian Miller and Ken Armstrong. 
All right. So the one that I have finished besides Fatal Affair uh, was Murder on the Red River by Marcy R. Rendon. I mentioned this one quickly in the last episode um, and I read it and really enjoyed it. Um, This one is a bit of a slow burn book. So if you are looking for something super plot heavy, um, super mystery focused, then this is not the book for you. But if you like books that are slightly more of a slow burn, slightly more character focused, then this one might be worth picking up. Uh, You are following this character named Cash, who is 19 years old. She is Native American. She was a part of the foster system, and she's basically like at this point an aged out foster kid. Um, She lives in Fargo, North Dakota, and it takes place in like the 1970s. Um, So she is kind of like directionless at this point um she like i said was going through the foster system she bounced around foster houses or foster homes and after she was done with school she basically you know stopped doing anything and just like works various odd jobs at different farms and things like that um and she is friends with one of the police officers the police officer who actually found her um right before she went into the foster system and so she sometimes like teams up with him to deal with various cases that uh, come up for him. Um, So in this book, you are following the murder of this Native American man who is found, I think, just in the woods um, near one of the farms. Um, So she sort of looks into who he is um, and like sort of goes out to, you know, find his family and also like find out what actually happened to him. Um, So yeah, it was a really beautiful book. I think that the mystery itself is more of a background plot point. Uh, So I wouldn't necessarily call this a mystery, even though it does have this mystery that you're trying to solve through the whole thing. Uh, The majority of the book is really about Cash as this 19 year old Native American during this time period, trying to figure out who she is and who she wants to be and the choices that she's making. Um, Cash Cash is just a really well-drawn-out character. Um, She smokes and she drinks too much and she makes very rash decisions a lot of times. Um, She's impulsive um, and you can see sort of the impacts that she has or the impact that the foster system has had on her and has on the way that she sort of deals with this case even. Um, So yeah, if you are interested at all in this book, I highly recommend picking it up. Again, it's called Murder on the Red River by Marcy R. Rendon. Um, It is printed by a smaller independent press, so it might be a little bit harder to find, but you can definitely check around your local library, see if they have it or just, you know, order it online. It's, I think it's definitely worth picking up. Um, and then in terms of what I'm going to be starting, I will probably be reading A Dangerous Crossing by Asma Zayana Khan. I was actually sent a review copy of this one, but I didn't um, have time to pick it up before it came out. But I am going on a plane ride this weekend. So that is the one that I'm taking with me on the plane to read. So it will definitely get read very soon. All right. Um, so that's our show. Thanks so much to everyone for listening. Uh, for show notes, you can head over to bookriot.com slash listen and then head over to the Red or Dead section. There will be links to all of the news articles that we uh, mentioned at the top of the episode, as well as to all of the books that we've talked about throughout this show. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so that other people can discover us and hopefully join our little community of mystery, thriller, suspense readers. Um, if you would like to get a hold of us, you can always email us at redordead at bookriot.com. We've actually gotten a handful of emails there. And so we always like seeing how you guys respond to these episodes. And again, if you have any suggestions about topics you would like us to talk about in future episodes, definitely send that our way as well. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I am at A. And I am on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you guys next time. Bye. Bye.